is up, everyone? We got Jammers in the Rough this week. As always, we got Cody, the absolute worst Waldron. We got Josh just tinkering with his mic, Winter. And of course, your host with the most and your favorite internet personality, uh, Paige the Rage. I got Paige that the in the chat, so... Uh, last week, I raged at you all a little bit because, you know. Because they disagreed time, with that, you. <laughs> it was that time to just rage. Um, so we're hoping for a better interaction this week, uh, which means you guys just got to be more agreeable. You just got to agree with everything I say, and we'll get along nicely. But if you challenge that, then uh, we're going to have some continued issues. <laughs> yeah, I knew, like, I loved how, like, you love Hulk colors. It's all making sense. I like the whole thing. <laughs> Dude, I all it takes a... is one person disagreeing with you, and <laughs> it comes out. I saw a first run passion that made me think of you today. Hulk colors is purple with some green, green swirls. Mm. Yeah, if they didn't feel so nasty, I would be bagging some passions. They have some nice swirls. You need some passion in your life. I'm all passion. That's all I act like mm. act on. I was out in the gym, just like feeling myself, bench pressing, just in love with my arms. No, um, that's weird. Nah, it's not. It's passion. it's passion. You gotta love yourself, Cody. Which is weird is that you don't love yourself. Let's talk oh, about I do. that. <laughs> mm. But so this week, one of the main things I wanted to talk about. Um, so chime in chat. But what are your feelings with the last two weeks of events going long and into the night? So today um, we had weather delay, which is another another issue we can we can talk about. But going into the night, where even watching it live, you can see it's dark, which means it's probably like three or four shades darker in person um, because the camera kind of lightens it up a little bit. So I wanted to kind of hear what you guys' thoughts were around that. Especially I mean, as are we, you, are, are you asking like, what do we think about weather not being controlled by man? No, or... I'm asking. <laughs> do we I need guess... to find Storm the mutant? Is like, what do you what do you want us to do here? It's I mean, but it's not weather. Like last week wasn't weather. It wasn't weather delay, and they what still pushed it. Uh, what was it? Deglo? Not Deglo. That's this week. <laughs> Ledgestone. I don't know. Out Idlewild. Oh, Idlewild. Sorry, Idlewild. I don't know. This Too is a weekends. disc golf podcast. Pay attention. Idlewild. Idlewild. But I went into the evening without weather delay. Um, Idlewild does also a lot of pros in the field. Um, I know they're trying to add more and more to that. It's just, I mean, it's getting pushed back, and I would think my two co-hosts would have some thoughts on it and not just me. So, no, so you're you didn't even like, know so, what it was. So last, so last week it got delayed because they had too many players, and it was just going slow? No. Last week it just... I think that was the timing issue because what was it? Gannon Burr's card got uh, time checked by the TD um, and told to hurry and play at a faster pace. There's even mm. some snide comments on live commentary today about Gannon Burr's uh, delay. So it's just, I mean, I think some of those those aspects causing it to go into the night. Um, and then this week was obviously weather. But I, I guess some of my thoughts is I think the tour is poorly planned. Um, in regards to anti-PDGA. Oh, absolutely. But I think it's like poorly (laughs) planned. If you think about like, you know, as we're losing daylight savings, why are we going further north away from the equator where it's going to get dark sooner and not going down south where the sunlight stays out longer, right? Texas swing being the first half of the swing 
why isn't that on the tail end? That's just kind of my that's my thoughts, right? You can plan around some I mean, of those things a, that you don't run into that's the issues. That's a solid issues. point. That's a solid. Yeah, of course, point. it's a solid point. I made okay, it. Okay, no, no, Josh, <laughs> do not do this with him. No, I'm sorry if he's like. He's speaking if I'm right. science, bro. <laughs> science. Can't argue um, with science, Cody. I'm not a science I, I know teacher, how you religious folk are. I, I'm a PE teacher. I don't do no science. I don't believe in no science. Um, do you think anything has to do, like, the Texas swing to do with heat or anything? Try and get that done earlier? I mean, I think the same argument that I'm making for the Texas swing could be made in February, right? Like, it's not just a flip-flop because they both, like, Come February, you want longer sun, which is why we're in Nevada, why we're in Texas. I'm not saying get rid of that swing, but maybe the Arkansas switch with uh, like the Jonesboro push, like that switches with, you know, the the Midwest push, I guess, where we're at now. Um, I'm just saying like it needs to be kind of structured a little bit better. Or even, to be honest, like the whole West Coast push could be fit in any time of year. Um, our weather doesn't really change too much. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be miserable. Um, even our weather, you own the weather now. Oh, as yeah. in I'm part of the West Coast push, like our weather. I can talk. About I don't our like now. No, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, sorry. The West Coast. <laughs> Not sure weather. Um, could they change start times possibly, or make it? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. They already did they have the this. Do they have this problem FPL last year? Early. Did they have this problem last year? No, and that's where, like, I mean, I think we're evaluating. I think they had one cancellation because of the weather uh, last year with the, like, little split Ricky Heimberg uh, because it was, like, the whole lightning storm. The thunderstorm, yeah. But this is the first year where it's happened consecutively. Uh, and it's something to be, like, evaluated, right? Like, somebody wrote into comments that we should be in Oregon right now, and part of me agrees with that. Um it was you. You wrote in the comments. You should be in Oregon. <laughs> Paige Page is on fire right now. <laughs> Listen to the man. Paige has got a burner account right now. Yeah. I mean, it's but it's also, that's thing. a lot. That's a lot to plan out. You know, swapping what the tour is right now because right now it, it it flows. It hits the marks. People plan for it. People plan their travel plans around yeah, it. Yeah, they plan the... because they put out their schedule early on. Just like when BSF had to be move up like three weeks. That was planned accordingly, and you made the adjustments to your guys' schedule. Like you planned mm. the tour, they took out Dela, and people aren't weren't that upset. I mean, I was on here with Stokely trying to talk about like you know some of the frustrations with that, and he was just like, "That's just part of it." Um, I think being able to plan around some of those things, um, especially with weather, weather's going to trump all planning. If you know it's going to be sunny and warm, more people are likely to get out there. Um, and it's like, I don't know, have you ever guys ever watched a surfing movie, Endless Summer? No. Oh, this is so shout out to to anybody who's watched this. You guys need to watch Endless Summer. So this is like I think the 80s or 90s. Somebody was trying to chase a full year-long summer um while surfing. And so they accomplished that and they documented it. And it was a pretty good movie. It wasn't like a it was a documentary, it wasn't like uh fiction, but we should be able to look at like that now and look at historically how some of these weather patterns play out and plan a tour effectively so that we're going to have a lot of weather. Last year, we were plagued with wind. So wherever the wind was going, we were following it. This year, I seem like all of the bad weather is following the tour. And that's kind of like maybe some like bad draws um, in years out and just being like, you know, improper, like not improper planning, but just, just unlucky, right? But 
you sh- you are able to look at past years, make a accurate tour, and make those adjustments accordingly ahead of time, right? I don't yeah. know. Now, uh, there's a lot of people in the chat that are saying there's too much ball golf. Now, are they trying to say there's too much ball golf taking up the space, or they're playing on too many ball no, golf courses? It's like, it's like this comment right here, like West yeah, Coast Swing is, is ball golf. LVC, OTB Open, Portland Open. Let's get off but, so ball golf courses. Those are going to be longer drives, which might take longer times to get through. Or do you think woods golf takes longer? I just I think mean, I don't think we have too much ball golf. I think we chunk it together too much. So it's either it's all ball golf, all wooded, all a hybrid. Um, where I think they should be able to like spread it out just a little bit um, and be more comfortable that way. I don't think I think. I've been on record of saying I think there's three type of like pro tour style courses, you know, the tight wooded courses, you have the ball golf and you have the hybrids of the two. Um, And obviously there's spectrums within all of those. I like those. And I think we need to continue to stay that because I think it allows different players to shine. I think ball golf get a lot of hate uh, because it's makes for boring filming, right? Like, Oh, let me just film 400, 500, 600 feet shots. Like Mm. I get that. That's, that's boring, but remember, remember, all right, you're you guys are around my age. Remember baseball in the early 90s, chicks dig the long mm. ball. Don't you think that kind of applies? People like seeing those long drives. So, maybe I mean, that's... Bert today was on camera being like, I only care about the drives, who cares about an upshot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, night, mean, I mean, think like, about it. What feels live, better uh, live? It, it's better to, to see a long ass drives than a you know, an upshot, but like on on like disc golf live or watching jomez like long drives aren't in a wide open are not the most enjoyable thing to watch i like tight wooded runs you know i think somebody said like you know uh, yeah off ball golf and onto oregon disc golf courses yeah i we agree got some great courses I, here in we oregon. got some great courses in oregon that I, I don't think, think glendavere for... is accurate depiction of oregon golf i think if somebody shampooey his... oh, shampooey that's great. I only know that because I just always hear you say shampooy. So, but is too easy. I don't think like I think you should have like reflective of that state. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made and like to the courses. Like, I mean, that's a good point for like this weekend, right? We're watching D Glow and they changed a lot of the course to make it harder, uh, make it a little bit more difficult. Cleared out weird spots, added islands, added OB, uh, turned classic holes. Um, into new holes so i don't know i think they're trying to make it an adjustment but i don't think they're doing it i guess correctly (laughs) or trauma informed they're not doing it trauma informed they're not taking all parties into account trauma informed disc golf planning let's do it (laughs) wow you know and to add one note about like all the ball golf courses a big part of that is about spectators and parking and a lot of disc golf courses, there's no parking. So you can't have an event there if you have nowhere to yeah, park. Yeah, I remember like going to Jonesboro and you just had like one road to the course and it was like just filled with like all of the, like, there's no parking. Everyone just parked off the side of the road, all walking up the two, the two lane road trying to get there. A lot of people getting dropped off. Um, that is a downside. And that is like some of the conversation too, where they're trying to talk about getting to more metropolitan areas and away from some of these rural areas. Um, you know, I think Portland's one of the like big uh, stops on tour because it is right in the city. You have everybody in the city willing to come out, places to stay, places to park, places to eat, drink, whatever they want to do. So it becomes, uh, what do the kids say, a vibe? 
right? It's this whole entire vibe that's out there. Whereas you go to, you know, um, Emporia, Kansas, and it's just like, oh, there's nothing. I know Kansas gets shit on enough, so I won't shit on Kansas. But even like Waco, what's in Waco, Texas, besides that course and a few other, you know, historical things? You're two hours away from Dallas. You're two hours away from Austin. So you don't really even have the ability to go and enjoy some of that aspect of it. Yeah, man, that's 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 solid points. I don't think history should play a factor in the growth of where we play disc golf and pro. Oh, boy. I disagree with that. History should no. play a, a factor not, into it. Not if it's just like boring ass courses. Like Dayla? Eh. Dayla's not boring. It's just, I mean, what did uh, what did Scott say when he came on? About like, there's reasons why it doesn't really fit into the tour. Yeah, but I'm not saying like that's because like people quit working on Dela. I think if Dela was continued to be worked on to maintain not where it was, but to meet like this day and age, I think it would be a lot better of a course and a lot like it would have kept a spot on tour. I think like say like BSF is a good example. BSF has the history, has the attention, the accolades as a tournament, and like Jesse Tomato made a huge push this year to update it and make it competitive in a modern sense. And all of the pros loved it, right? Besides two holes. And those two holes are getting reworked for next year because you're taking those adjustments. Same thing with Deglo right now. They're making the adjustments to the courses. Granted, not everybody's going to love it and people are going to be pissy like hole, what is it, 16? Where people are pissy because it's an island now. But, okay, so this didn't work. We're going to adjust it next year. We're going to adjust it next year and keep pushing that envelope because people are just going to get too good at the same old routine. That's why they're pros. They're so consistent at recreating those shots. I think history should play a fact in keeping these courses as long as you're continuing to update the the course and make sure, unless it's obviously like, you know, the quintessential like tournament course that, you know, I think, um, what's the one that Champions Cup that everybody loves? W.R. Jackson. W.R. Jackson is like one of those, like, I can see that being good for five to ten years, but continue to monitor that for the next five to ten years. Don't just be like, like a lot of courses, like okay, this is good for five to ten years. They go f off, and then it goes turns to shit. I think Horning's Hideout is a good one here in Oregon. Two to three years ago, Eagle talked about it, it was his favorite course. I don't think he's going to come back to Horning's Hideout and be like, "This is still my favorite course because it's been neglected in those last two or three years." Hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying. See, I don't know the Oregon golf course, so. Well, but I see what you're saying about maintenance and everything, but. Even like updating the holes, right? Like you need to like, okay, is this one a little too easy? Is this a little? <laughs> and he's gone. But what he's saying is that he's not that good, and he needs to focus more on his shots. Um, are you still there, Cody? Oh, I'm still here. I'm just wondering okay. why Paige isn't. Sorry, you probably <laughs> yeah. see me over here. Like my daughter's out of bed. They're getting, <laughs> They're getting better. I'll come over there. Yeah, but like the, I get having the history on the courses. And like keeping them around, but like Paige is saying, that we need to keep them updated. Like hole 16 on this tournament right now, uh, that draw people you know, a picture. What's so oh, hole what 16? Is, give it to me. So, give so it to hole, me. hole 16 is a par three, and it's the hardest par three on the course. And it's a island hole with it's such a small gap, kind of downhill to land on this island. And uh, I personally feel like hole three is really fun to watch in this tournament. And I can, I can see why people are complaining about it. It's because it's hard. I'm sorry. Disc golf should be hard in a pro tour. 
And that's a really cool hole to watch. That's well, it's also take. like, what do you have to do? Just throw straight? And not that like that's not the hardest shot in disc golf or anything, but you know, Eagles made his entire not Eagle, uh, Calvin's made his entire career off of throwing straight. There's no reason he should be missing that hole. Um, and he didn't today, but I'm just saying in general, like the people that are complaining are looking for excuses for why they're unable to uh convert and be successful because there's people out there that are being successful on these courses. Um, I always think about like, you know, Paul McBeth when he was like, Oh, three courses at LVC is too much to prepare for. Yeah. You can say that, but there's obviously people that are showing up and being successful at that tournament. And they figured it out. Um, that's what makes them a professional. And that's what should make all these people a professional in some of these aspects, because there's impossible holes out there. There really is like, uh, what was it? Two years ago, uh, Trojan had, the hardest hole in the nation. Um, and yeah, a lot of people complained about it, but that's also because, you know, they threw into the water, they lost their disc, but there's usually a way in which you could not be stupidly aggressive, play within your game plan and take a par. Um, most people aren't willing to swallow that medicine and then they want to bitch about it. And I think that's like a lot of the problem with a lot of our disc golfers. Like there was a post on Reddit today where they're like, how do you feel about a tree in the middle of like the tee pad? And it was like, you know, 10, 15 feet off the tee pad, but you had two wide gaps on the side of it. It's like, that's completely fair. Don't hit the fucking tree. That's right there and staring at you. Uh, so if you can't do that, then you shouldn't complain about it. You should get better. Enough of the hot. So what do you think is the <laughs> pages hot takes? What, where do you think is the medium ground? You don't want something that's too difficult, but you don't want something too easy. So what is that like middle ground you think should be on a pro tour championship level courses, if you will? I think, uh, I mean, you can look at some of the stats, right? Like if it's a par three, I like the like 2.8, 2.9. Well, 2.8, I think is like usually a really good landing zone uh, percentage wise. Par fours, I really like the 3.6s. Um, because I feel like those are kind of like challenging enough. Like they're not just give me par or give me birdies, um, but they're all scorable where it comes to like longevity. If a hole isn't going to get updated or be viewed as updated, I feel like it should be a dream 18 hole, right? Like it should be the pinnacle of this hole. We can't do this hole any better without completely restructuring the course around it and changing the alleyway. I think you should be, uh, looking at no, I wouldn't say I like birdie holes because, like, I'm saying the pro tour, right? Because a 3.6 on the pro tour par four doesn't mean it's a 3.6 for thousand rated and under. There's some like some holes that are just absolutely shreddable to the pros that you'd be lucky to bogey. And I think, uh, Idle Wild showed that like perfectly. Um, but what I'm saying is if this hole is going to be permanent and not be looked at in the next three to five years, then that hole should be you know, universally loved and enjoyed. And it doesn't even have to be supported because there's hard holes that people enjoy. Um, I think we should always be working and reworking these holes to meet the growing game. I think, uh, what was it? I think Sexton last weekend? Uh, Ida Waller was like, you look at these scores. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Sexton. It was Freeman, Joel Freeman. He was like, oh, I looked back. My score would have put me in the caching last year and the year before. The score that I had now five years ago would have put me in the top 10, but now I lose my cashing streak. The game is getting like filled and it's not just golf courses where it used to be the argument of like, Oh yeah, there's no, uh, no separation on the golf course. There's no separation at Idlewild. There's no separation at Deglow right now. There's no separation on any of these courses and it goes to death because the game is getting not easy. It's just getting 
like routine. So you got to be able to challenge the holes. That's my take. Go ahead, guys. I'm talking too much. (laughs) Well, obviously, we all know that. But so then I guess you got to figure out, you said you you don't want people changing the holes or you don't like it. So then where... Where is that again? That happy medium. How often should they be changing holes to increase that difficulty? Oh, I don't think I said I don't like the changing holes. I'm saying historical courses should be on the tour with updates. I think that's exactly what I what I said mm, earlier. No, turn no. that shit back. No, it is. Just, that was the point that he was making. It's that, thank you, Josh. I, thank you, Josh. I, Somebody listens. I, not I, me. <laughs> mute you right now. You're muted. History shouldn't be a factor in keeping a course around for pro tour. Because I think you look at it this way. That it should. Technology. Wait, this, wait. You this, just said history should be. So, are you saying we should keep the historical courses, or we should not? I said we should keep the historical courses while updating them. Right? Dela lost like some of that pace. If it was updated, it would still be like a highlight on the pro tour, like BSF and how BSF did it. We kept that historical course. It's been updated. Come on, Cody. I I, I expect a little bit more out of you. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> you do expect more out of me that's your oh problem. absolutely this is why you're the worst you don't listen selective hearing i listen <laughs> to what i want to hear no and i think, think they uh, should change up the courses that we have on tour do you think they should like re like keep keep half i think they should change the half? pacing of the tour like try texas somewhere else try the midwest somewhere else and try to try texas somewhere else move a state Move it on the timetable of the tour um, and figure out some of those swings. But what I'm saying is... See, somebody's running, though. It has nothing to do with the updating of a course. The PDGA wants exclusive rights to land management. Yeah. Year-round or just for the tournament? I think they probably have contracts that are probably multi-year contracts. Hmm. There probably has to be, too. You look at somebody like Toboggan... You can't modify like a ski resort like that without, you know, state level like support. You can't just go in there and cut 50 feet off of, you know, around these trees without Josh, having some type that? of clearance. Did you see that last comment? Dela and Milo won't be on pro tour no more. I like that. No more due to being in state parks for tour events. Oh, I mean, Milo is going to be back on tour next year. That's already, I thought, I already confirmed they're coming but back the- for the Silver Series. I'm really curious what, why the yeah. state parks part. I'm curious why. about this whole like. I mean, this is the first I'm hearing about it. I'd be, I'd be interested Please. in any and all information around uh, PDGA and their land acquisition because I mean, getting the land rights is all about uh, you know profiting off of that and being able to modify how it is. I know, um, what's the prodigy one that Kayla Visca does? Oh. The, preserve, oh, the preserve the preserve yeah. like the preserve they like that i know they like you know paul Macbeth having throw down the mountain you know that's probably gonna be on tour next year uh if not the year after after the lawsuit kind of settles um has it settled at all by the way no it I hasn't i haven't heard anything about that just florida man suing paul Macbeth. yeah but then you, you get the argument too like with land acquisition like is it like the rights to modify the course as they see fit because like Glendevere and Portland open, because then that'd be the same argument, right? It's privately owned uh, by a golf course or whatever. Like, I don't know if they're going to let you cut down trees or, you know, make those aspects. So I don't know. Cut down what you want. See, state parks won't give PDGA exclusive contractual rights to land management before tour events. 
And so okay. that's like updating or not updating, uh, like trimming, cleaning out, modifying layouts. Uh, I guess land management. Uh, I'm just kind of curious what that is, especially if the layouts are already in there. Because like Milo is one of those courses, like the layout's permanent. It's not the temp course. Um, even like when like they shut down the, the BSF holes, those are still there. And then it's all volunteer that takes care of it. So they don't even get like, uh, like Milo gets taken care of by like a groundskeeper that's volunteer based and isn't state parked. It isn't cleaned up by state parks. I think I can see Dela being, being different, but I know for Milo, anyways, I'm curious about any information. Send that to me, whoever that is. Facebook user. Facebook user. Facebook user always has a lot to say. It's usually Jerry Ann, but Jerry Ann, uh, she left this I know. So whoever has that information, I'm really curious about it. I would love to do the deep dive um, and just looking at what it is. Because, yeah, I think control is all about, you know, what PDJ has all been about. It doesn't matter what topic they instance they've taken. It's all about control for them. Um, And I can see them wanting to control the land in which these courses are played because there's a way to monetize that. Um, and they obviously need money because they can't even, uh, never mind. I'm not going to go down that trail because they're running out of money and they broke. They broke. Hot take. No, nah, not hot take. Joe Miz is going to pickleball. That's a hot take. <laughs> is Joe Miz going to pickleball? Don't tell. I mean, I would watch pickleball. Would you? you ever no, I wouldn't watch pickleball. I didn't even watch tennis. And tennis is more exciting. I don't know. Pickleball is pretty fun looking. <laughs> I played pickleball, but do you? I played it like in high school. I haven't had the urge. I had to teach it. Yeah. Get out of that kitchen, baby. Get out of that kitchen <sighs> with a dink and the plink and the. I don't know. A plink? What about an Ernie? What about an Ernie when you go around <laughs> and hit it? Pickle Facebook user with their hot takes. Do you see that? What's Come that? Oh, pickleball sucks. <sighs> Though I did see like a comparison or. Where they're asking if uh, pickleball or disc golf is, you know, uh, taking off more right now. And I think pickleball is taking off more right now. I think a lot of those uh, COVID disc golfers that got bored because they hit a wall are hopping to pickleball and getting that kind of boost of uh, serotonin and feeling like an athlete again. And they'll be on to the next one. Disc golf won COVID and then pickleball won afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I mean I can only I only can only speak for myself. Was that and, Josh uh, groaning? Oh, oh that's just, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can only speak for myself. And there's something about disc golf. It's not just the the throwing of the disc and having a sweet line and getting that ace or getting that that long putts. It's it's about going out and into a wooded course and walking that course and playing that game and and doing what you do with your friends and family. It's, this is your whole corny thing coming out. You like going no, into like, with people. No, no, yeah. this is like, no it's not. This is this not like a completely, I obviously people. you're a disc golfer, so you're going to be like biased, but there's a pickleball court, you know, Pier Park, one of the best courses in the world, the travel destination top five. There's a pickleball court right in the middle of that. So what you're saying, that you have the ability to walk through the woods, mm. go to a pickleball court, Play pickleball but, court but, under but, those trees. You still have the same experience. Facebook user is Josh wrong? Just come on, just tell us. Facebook user is Josh wrong? That's boring. That's it's boring to you, but it's it's not boring. Say, someone's to, gonna like, love it. It's not boring to Chad and Stacy who have the six pack and are in the woods enjoying it. 
Who's That's Chad and Stacy? They're the pickleball players. <laughs> <laughs> Chad and Stacy, the classics. Yeah, exactly. they're on the pro tour right now. They go from one city park to the next, trying to play pickleball. Yep. I don't Good know, man. There's, a, there's there's just a lot more to disc golf in my for me than pickleball. I play pickleball. I like pickleball. Don't get me wrong. It's not that you bad. You sound like you don't like it. But I just rather be doing other things like disc golf. Well, the yeah. people playing disc golf that like pickleball would rather be playing pickleball, Josh. And I will say there's a bigger celebrity push for pickleball than there is for disc golf. We have wow. Bert, which is great, but there's also a lot more players playing pickleball and a lot more like support for it because you also have like the Bobby McEnroe who's jumping to pickleball and just you know breaking his paddles and doing well, his. Well, yeah, thing. because you can't play tennis anymore at his age without like being. Yeah, but you don't have like that's like. But that's going to carry the pickleball to a higher level because you have that. You don't have Tiger Woods being like, all right, I'm hanging up my clubs. Let me go to disc golf now. We don't have he that. Might. He, he might. He might. It will happen. We Maybe like, who's the, the, the what is his name? The one that bought it with Paul McBeth, uh, Throw Down the Mountain. He's kind of our biggest one, but he's not going to like retire from baseball and just jump into the, the pro tour. He could. I mean, he he's might. good, fully able, but, you know, with his – you know, hundreds of millions of dollars is chilling. He's going to be like, I want to go fucking play disc golf now. Hey, Bobby do has a hobby, but not as a full touring thing like McEnroe would. I'm just saying. The question Shohei Otani is going to play pickleball and then disc golf next year. He's going to give up all the money. <laughs> they said Shohei Otani is going to be worth $73 million a year. Can you just imagine being, yeah. <laughs> being worth any of that? Like the biggest disc golfer is worth a million dollars a year, and you're just like, "Hey, that's a big contract." And you're just like, "Ha, I got, I'm worth seventy three of you, chump." <laughs> well, I don't think any human being is technically worth seventy three million. Oh, I but... slavery comments. I like it. No, I mean, I'm saying I don't think if... any human's life is worth any money. <laughs> I did not say life. I'm just saying, what what do you do that warrants seventy three million dollars? Uh, you hit the I ball real good. I just have a hard time with that. That's just, that's just, I, I just don't, what are you going to do with all that money? What do you do with $73 million a year? Wall of caviar. Discs. Or oh, sorry. Discs. This way. Discs. Discs. I, I don't think, Paige, uh, you have a nice collection. I don't think you have $73 million worth. No, not at all. I probably got. 70 like 700 730 dollars worth i don't even think if you took all the disc in the world and combine them 70 mm, possible but now 73 i think, no. I think no. for a million dollars you can buy the bulk of like all of the 15s all of like the money runs all of what you want like you could probably get every disc in the world for a million dollars probably yeah yeah easily, easily. that's what i'm saying you could have every disc you want, every bag you wanted. Mm -hmm. You could have the custom pound. You could have Levi come to your house and sew one. You in your, your yard. own custom Segway dragon, your ridge yeah. roller with your pound. <laughs> Did you say a Segway dragon? Because that would be cool. <laughs> so just breathing fire. Ah. Did you guys? So I don't know if you guys watched Diglo today. You guys see Ricky's caddy? No. What? I Two bag it in it. Ricky had his latitude bag on and pulling his cart. So Ricky's caddy had to carry two bags for Ricky. <laughs> All of the discs. Is that too many discs? I feel like that's too many discs. I don't know. My guess was like the upper bag was like extra towels and stuff. So it wasn't like all of the discs. But there's no way of knowing. We need to get Ricky's caddy on here. Not Ricky. I don't want to talk to Ricky. I want to talk to Ricky's caddy. What was in the oh bag? God. What's in the bag? 
What's in the bag? Who can tell me what movie that's from? What's in what's what's in the box? But still, yeah. come on, what's Facebook in the user. box? What's in the box? And who said it? That's easy Nobody. One. That's an easy one. People. Hey, what, okay, Josh. It was Brad Pitt. Sandwiches. Sorry. Someone wrote sandwiches. <laughs> it's not sandwiches. I'll give you credit just because you wrote sandwiches instead of sandwiches. Sandwiches. Mm, that's disappointing. Yeah. Base. You don't know the movies, Josh? Well, that's not, was that not what's, what's in the, the box? box? Base. No, it's not. No, based. it's a famous movie. Brad famous Pitt, movie. Morgan Freeman, uh, Kevin Spacey. Before he got all weird. Before he got canceled, and was. Mm-hmm. What's in the so, box? You go away, Marmots? California. No, you go away, California. You hear? Forty-two Mormons. No, okay, Josh is just putting numbers and words together. Forty-two Mormons. He's, he's is dropping that a real movie. Marmots. 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 All right, guys, you're getting hey. derailed. Let's bring it back to disc golf. Hey, Nobody shout out to my, my Oasis. Shout out to my yeah seven. Okay, my my shout out to my my guy Scott Price. He's my Oasis B. He's he's uh he's he I got Corby. Me. I got Corby. I know. It, I, I got to send a lurch. You're making me send to a TSA member. Grow I up. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I don't need to write elevate. I wrote escalate. So I don't even know escalate. how I got lumped into this. Escalate. <laughs> yeah. I wrote escalate and somehow I got to send a lurch. Cody's just escalated right now. He's like, I promised you escalation. So I'm going to escalate. Yeah, I'm going to escalate right the now. <laughs> I mean, I do have this. I don't know what this is, but it, it feels it's nice. It's a pathfinder. It says it I know it. it's a, I can read, but. It's, it's a serial cool. pathfinder. That's it's a also run. an alien. What is it like? A f- I don't know. Runs. I don't know. It's, it's flat. A, a, the ethereal run. <laughs> okay, Team TSA, calm yourself. I know, right? Got to represent. Is that a TSA hat? What you got there? No, it's it's not. Oh, who does that? That's because I have some pretty he hot does. takes. So, all right. So, I was just talking about bags, and you're talking about two bags. How much is too much? If you're carrying a bag of disc, what is that sweet number for you? Like, if you had it depends to depends on the course. No, no, no. We're just saying you you have one bag. You either have to for the, for this whole this whole year. You either have to carry a tournament bag with forty discs, so, or you have to carry a small disc. Bag with I, I carry 15. a Berg bag. Shout out to my sponsor, Berg. Um, their bags and are I, sweet. They're Berg. What are they called? They're, they're icebergs. Iceberg okay. Bag. What but version? 2.0. I don't know. It's three. Why are you sponsored by these people? Pay attention. <laughs> no, I got the second version, not the third. It's V2. And he's frozen. Cody's out of here. I'm not uh, frozen. So <laughs> he just sits still. I, I'm glad you asked this question because. I do carry about like 35 discs. Too much. But I think it's too much, but it's set up for every single Oregon course. I never have to switch out my bag. Go, and go Oregon courses Oregon. have the most diverse courses, I think, in the nation. We go from golf course bombers to tight fairways to wooded holes to in-between hybrids. So my bag with 35 discs is set up for every single course. Okay, you heard it here, Jamers and the Rough Podcast listeners. Paige is saying Oregon golf is better than everywhere else. I said it more diverse. And if diversity is better, which I agree with, then oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> jo- okay, not, so Paige says, 40 di- so Paige says 35 discs. No, no, Josh, you have to carry it for a whole year. 
for a whole year? I can do a whole, whole year. year. 20. I can do 20. Okay, so Josh's sweet spot is 20 to 35. All right. What do you got, Josh? Show it. Hey, what you what you rocking, baby? Well, currently, because I don't want to hold my card around. I'm using my Carlton. Mm. Yeah. And here we are again, guys. Pound bag saves you strokes. <laughs> but I also, mean, what's, hard, what's hard in Oregon is that finding a course where dragging my my heavy ass R3 around sometimes it's just more work than it's worth and so the pound just works well what about you Cody what is your magic number I just well that's counted. cool that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> alright Cody oh we're gonna my. we're gonna highlight you until you tell us wow yeah get paid I, I am so I, shout out to pound again I'm rocking I got this from my man Nico so I don't know if he's ever Castro? tuned in no, Nicola not Nico Castro. No, um, and I got the Rufus because I used to carry a Thorpe, and I just noticed I was carrying too many discs. But right now, in there, I got nineteen, and 19. that's that's plenty for me because I have, you know, uh, that lets me carry. I always like to break it down to drivers, fairways, mids, putters. I like to keep, you know, at least three of each, ranging and stability. Sometimes a little bit more, a little bit less. Now, most of the courses around me are wooded and like the longest like i played two days no yesterday the longest hole was 600 feet but that's only one every other hole is under like 350 so i carry one driver that i'm going to use and then the rest are either fairways mids putters so i could i could play a whole i could play every course i wanted to with that with my one so sometimes i'd be missing a slot or wish i had another disc but i notice i play better disc golf with less disc Cause I get better with the disc I'm carrying instead of just always like, well, let me switch up this. So it's going to give me a little, no, I just, I get yeah, but better. I think how many courses disc. do you play in a year? And so how many different courses are you going to play in a year? Different courses, probably 15. Okay. So 15, Josh, 10, 15. Yeah. And how similar are they? I would say half are pretty similar. The rest, like there's, I have to drive like an hour. There's like one ball golf course that's a little bit different. A lot of them are woods. A lot of them are like smaller. Like the like I said, the only so one. Fifteen that's courses, ten or or you say ten or similar. About six, which yeah, makes sense keeping it narrow, like narrow down back. Because yeah. when I play a tournament, I'll narrow my thirty five down to about twenty. Um, which is weird because most people say for tournaments they carry more disc. Like think of Ricky right there. I think that gets in. It's yeah. better backups. It's backups. It's, it's backups. Like I'll carry that's two mind benders in the tournament mm -hmm. but that's also part of my narrow right there's some tournaments where i won't even touch a mind bender um and there's like other tournaments where i won't touch a pd and then there's like other tournaments where all i throw is a pd and mind bender and i don't touch anything else and i think that's uh where like some of that diversity comes in but um yeah josh do you want to answer those same questions like how many courses do you think you'll play a year um well i'm gonna play up you know i usually play up and down i5 like from roseburg to, to portland you know hit those courses every year and then a handful on road trips east a little bit. Yeah. You don't go east. You don't come this far east, though, right? That's that's like far. That's dirty east. I'm just going a little know. east. Dirty east? <laughs> Maryland is the dirty east? Oh, yes. my. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, I probably Pace play you. like probably 40 to 50 different courses a year. Um, you say 40 to 50? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do yearly trips down Are to Dayla. I do yearly trips down to like. California, 
I've done the Austin push. I've done the Vegas push. I've done uh, the whole Oregon. I go up to Washington. I'm probably one of the more active Oregon pros up in the Washington scene. Um, I play all over Oregon. I don't, so you do play every a lot. seven days you're playing a new course. I mean, once a yeah. week. Yeah. On average. I, I can I can see that because it depends on where my tournaments are switching, right? I play tournaments every single weekend. So I'm already like 30 to 40 tournaments into the year, um, which are all the majority of them are different courses. Okay. And so I travel to that course to play. I play the similar courses around my area. Um, and then onto the next course, that all changes. So it's not like I'm always just like I mean, Blue Lake's my home course. I play five to six times a week. Um that's where I'm at right now. Five to six times. A, whoa, that's yeah. that's incredible. Now, and do so, you keep do you? So I keep usually I keep my bag either in my car if I'm in it or oh, like it's in I my take car it, right now. Yeah, I take it out <laughs> at night because I'm always like someone's gonna break in and steal this thing. Even though yeah. I live in like a nice little neighborhood, quiet neighborhood. Um, but I do keep a box of disc in my car that I sometimes rotate through, and that pound toolbox I got from Josh. I'll sometimes carry stuff around. Mm-hmm. Ever carry like backups with you? Leave them in the car, and like because yeah. sometimes yeah. I'll get to a, a, a my car is a, a mess of discs. Yeah, because I'll get like this where it's just like I'll grab a couple to try out. I was like, yeah, these aren't making the bag, and I'll throw them, and they'll sit there for like two months. Well, and um, I also like weather because if I get to a course and it's super windy, I might take out my one flippy. I have my travel like my umbrella stays yeah. in there. I have a yeah. bag that's kind of like my travel bag where it's. Extra clothes, extra socks, uh, extra towels that I don't try to tap into unless it's an emergency. Um, especially, like, I played a tournament this year where I didn't anticipate the rain, and I ended up DNFing because, like, by, like, halfway through, like, I'm shaking, my hands are cramping. Um, that was a miserable tournament. That happened to me, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't like playing in the rain. I hate the rain. Yeah. I don't know why. I hate I hate playing disc golf in the yeah, rain. Well, it's just not if enjoyable. You don't, if, if, yeah, but if you don't play in the rain in Oregon, you don't play – disc golf a lot like a but lot. i thought yeah. oregon had the best disc golf it does have the best disc golf we didn't say it had the best weather mm-hmm. there's two yeah, different but... things that's mm-hmm. literally two different mm-hmm. things hey guys well, do you want to go play weather oh i meant disc golf <laughs> they're so identical i get them confused all the time wait 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 but isn't disc golf affected by the weather yeah but it's not uh, the weather doesn't mm-hmm. impact the quality of golf but also does you or can doesn't. do anything in any weather if you're wearing the right gear even like you prepare yourself. Lightning. Yeah, I think I think that you walk in a rubber next... suit, full disc golf rubber suit, you're fine with the I right equipment. Next, next year, you, you look like the Gordon shit. Fisherman, just out there, yellow suiting it. If you're worried about looking good on a disc golf course, you're in the wrong fucking field. Your disc golf buddies are like two people. <laughs> I think next year they should make it where there will be no delays for for lightning. And we just roll the dice. You sign a like, waiver. And, and everyone has to like, carry around like a metal rod with them. I was going to say, they should have some people like sacrifice. Oh, the caddies. Like, you, get, you get a free, you can watch the tournament for free if you carry this 10-foot metal pole. I'm just like, mm, you got to stand there and hold it. Boom. Crowd control. I like it. Hot takes here. Hot takes here tonight. <laughs> uh, disc is, this is the fisherman ring. Alaska. Is that Aaron or is that Corby? Which one is Corby. it? Corby. Probably Corby. Mm. Am I, Corby? I don't here? even know anymore. Am I, I Corby? Don't I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, looking at all my discs, yeah, I carry 20 for like my daily bag. But like you really only need one. And it's the first run. 
Nebula that's or a Pathfinder. That's what, you're, that's what you're putting with? I like how he's like, I can putt with it. I can one distance in most courses. Yeah, like, but you're not putting with it. Gorby. I mean, I could, though. Oh, good. What? So that means one disc. I can round? one disc. I said, if I only. I, can I will say when I go to tournaments, one I, disc. Yeah, you need to narrow it down. You need to have those. This you just rely on your Heimberg or rhinos and uh, no a one disc round. That's a splice, baby, all day. Splice, 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 baby. Just, How are you yeah, just we got like a bear least... Cody over here. Just take a splice and you just a hard Andy, baby. Just oh, a, I do. I do want to find. It is Corby. Corby, what's up, buddy? I want to get a shift. The new shift. Someone, uh, some... shift. What? <laughs> what are you from the wire oh oh yeah i want the new sh i want to get the new shift because i'm a bigger man and the new shift is supposed to be for bigger people and it has bigger like the only thing i didn't like have you ever used a shift upper park shift what hot take too many shiny vampires and food. i was i was in the middle of a conversation but i just see right? something about too many shiny vampires and food trucks in oregon bro hot take was it shiny Facebook vampires or food? Is that Corby? Corby's gone Corby. off, man. In your bag. Too many shiny vampires. Which we like, Twilight. Say, like, what about the vampire bombs of this year? What? Like the movies? What? There was like the whole Nicolas Cage vampire movie bombed. There was a okay. like Dracula movie that just like the wait. What, what Nicholas like? vampire? What Nicholas Cage vampire movie? I'm missing. Like what is it like? I don't know some. Like yeah, but or some shit. Nicolas Cage goes off and makes these like low budget movies just randomly, and he'll be in them. It's like, oh, Nicolas Cage, like yeah, but this was supposed to be big, and it bombed. That's the whole thing. Which one was it? Let me pull. Let me pull it up. God. And there, there is the what the uh, the Dement the Demeter. Has anyone seen Redfield? No, nah, that sounds dumb. <laughs> that sounds is that dumb? I mean, I'm is out. that a comedy? That looks like a comedy. It looked to be like a little bit of both. Yeah, because comedies can't be successful. Not with Nicolas Cage. I don't even watch that. No, there's one now that looks kind of good. It actually looks like a horror film. Yeah, so Renfield was a $65 million budget, and they only grow 17 million. So it was like Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani funded it. He's like, I'll pay for this whole movie, y'all. I gotcha. <laughs> we are officially off the rails. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to keep them on track, and we're talking Renfield. <laughs> Who said we're off the rails? Disc. Disc. Yeah, I'm holding up a disc. I got all of them. All right, let's move to closing thoughts because you guys are off the rails. So, Josh, oh, yeah, it's us. We're the thoughts? fucking problem. Yeah, we're well, the you problem. talk all the time, Paige. Talk, yeah, uh, you're closing the, who thoughts, brought up, sauce. Closing who brought up vampires? Shiny vampires. Show yourself. Oh, yeah. Did you say me? What, yes, my, you. I, well, Josh never goes first, but I like it. I'm going to say I know. It's, 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 I wasn't prepared for it. I was not prepared. I, I never am, Josh. Just let it come from the heart. Spill it, baby. I think people need to realize that they can't let other people like Paige run their life. You know, oh, he may have a loud truth. voice and try to bark, but he's a teddy bear. That's called bullying. And sometimes the bullies just need hugs. And so I'm probably going to take off from this podcast and I'm going to drive up to Portland. I'm going to give him a nice bear hug. We're going to talk about our pecs and then I'm going to go home. So just Which like be kind to your that, Considering you let me boss you and being the first to go with your closing thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just I saying. never once said I wasn't <laughs> passive. <laughs> I never once said I don't follow you blindly into the fold. Yeah, we're, we're talking about your qualities, not mine. Twilight was filmed in Washington, not Oregon, guys. Come on now. They're all the same. Twilight Cody, what's your Oregon. closing thoughts? That was Josh's closing thoughts? That was, that was it? Be better to your bullies. Yeah. 
I mean, go out and play disc golf. That's a better job. I mean, I don't know. Um, you don't need all the disc. Ricky Wysocki, I want to talk to you right now. Your caddy is struggling. Nobody it's needs under a those hills. Can you imagine carrying shoe bags Paige, in the Paige, I'm talking to Ricky. Calm down. You you don't need a cart and a bag. Your caddy is struggling. You're not the only one working. So Ricky, slim down the disc. I'm done. All right. I was, I was having a, right I was now. having like, yeah, it was like a one-on-one with just Ricky Wysocki. I wanted everyone else just to tune out for a second. I wanted Ricky to listen. I was talking in my calm teacher voice, and I he needs to know. <laughs> Paige, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, you don't have to beat much between Josh's talking about you, hugging you and you me. Uh, mine was disc golf related. Josh's, I don't know <laughs> what it was. was directed <laughs> to Ricky. Was. He was not watching our podcast. <laughs> and if he is... <laughs> If someone can get a video of Ricky watching our podcast, I'll send you any disc you want. Any disc that wow. I own? Yeah, sure. Whatever I know his collection. That's a that's a I big know. order. I got, right I there. got some heaters, baby. You do. I think I am. Uh, what is it, Stuart Little? The sky is falling in regards to the PGA. Like oh, I think gosh, if things go unchecked, three to five years. This is where we start the conversation out. I think three to five so, years, the PDJ is going to be in a really tough situation. Not that they're not in a tough situation now. Um, some things need to change and be reevaluated, <laughs> and they're not doing that. So, PDJ, if you're watching this, get your shit together because you're going to lose something special. That means a lot to a lot of people. Um, that's my closing thoughts. So, with that, we're going to transition to our sponsors. We got Soul Crusher himself, Manny Trujillo. He wants to paint me like one of his French disc golfers, so I'm excited <laughs> to see that. If you you're couldn't get his name right some... for years, huh? You couldn't even get his name right for years. He doesn't like you. Yeah, that's why. He, that's why he wants to paint me like one of his French disc golfers and not his American disc golfers. Do you even know like, any French disc golfers? Exactly. I don't, I can't name one. Not a can lot you? of popular French disc golfers. That's my whole point. Huh. Cody again. Uh, Fuck you. Keep jamming in the rough. Let's have a good night, everyone. There's children listening. My goodness. <laughs>